Welcome to Swanglinese, the only podcast talking the language of business here in the Middle East. Your hosts, Barry Lee Cummings and Oscar Andermo, give you their own insights, as well as interviewing business leaders in the region to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. Barry, Oscar, let's talk Swanglinese. Welcome to another episode of the Swanglinese podcast. This episode is not about business. This is an episode for parents relating to technology and kids. So uh, Barry and I recorded this originally for the Strategic Tech Coaching Podcast, which is my own podcast. But we realized that the information is so important, so we wanted to share it also here on the Swing and East Podcast uh, for the people here in the UAE. So if you're a parent and if you're worried about technology use for your kids, then I recommend you to listen to my interview of Barry. Uh, Barry, as you may know, is behind Beater Cyberbully Project. So he is regularly out in schools talking about this topic. So he's re- he is really an expert on this. So this is an important episode. So pay attention and learn from Barry when he talks about technology and kids. So in the studio, I'm with Barry. And uh, you were on episode 21 of the Strategic Tech Coaching Podcast. All right. And uh, I welcome you back again. Thank you. What is different then from now is at that time you had a small baby, a few months old. Yep. Now you have two babies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so slight changes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and the oldest one is? Two years old now, just, yeah. just turned two years old. And the youngest one is already seven months old. So seven months old. <laughs> It's unbelievable how fast it goes, yeah. it really is. And then trying to fit work and podcasting yeah. and content creation yeah. and, and just every day into it, it's, uh, it's insane. The, yeah. the, the, it's busy. Yeah, yeah, very, very. Yeah. It's crazy, absolutely crazy. So, yeah, this episode is again about technology and kids and how it affects us. So, your two-year-old, how does he react to technology now? Like when he sees you on the phone, these kind of things. Well, he, this is what scares me slightly, is that he is two years old and even before that, he because of how often we're on the phone, he now if he sees my phone, he'll go and pick it up and say, Daddy's phone? And he, we obviously talk to family outside of the region on, on Skype and different things like that, so he's used to looking at it and he always wants to see videos of his cousin in Australia and his you know, family here and there. And he's two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of scary is the, is the only way I can say it. And then my seven-month-old is already picking it up and, and putting it in his mouth, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, but it, it's what, what sort of sticks with me is that it's a, a fixture in, in our lives. And there's mm-hmm. always a smart device there. Um, and for them, they don't know a world without that. Yeah, you know, yeah. They've been born into that. They see mum and dad with it. They, you know, when we go out, everybody's on their phone. Everyone, mm-hmm. Other children are on a, on a, you know, a tablet and, and yeah. so forth. And here in the UAE especially, we see this a lot that um, they become kind of like a digital nanny. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. walk around yeah. the mall and yeah. things and you've got really, really young children just glued to those screens yeah. because it keeps them quiet. You can get along with your day, you can go shopping, you can eat your meal. But we're not necessarily thinking yeah. about the impact of, well, what's that doing to that one-year-old yeah. brain, two-year-old brain, yeah. and also the habits that it's developing. Yeah, no, I, I normally call it the iPad nanny and uh, it's maybe a good short-term solution, but I don't think it's the... So I was thinking we can go through like different age groups and then look at what you can do for the different age groups. Yeah. So the first case is this iPad nanny. Like yeah. you have a, a small one, you know, two to five years old or something. You go for dinner and you give them the iPad. Yeah. What, what, what are your thoughts and what, what do you think the parents should do in, this, uh, in these instances? Well, I think in many cases it's a case of actually you have to be a parent. Just like when we were kids 
and we went were taken out for dinner or we weren't taken out for dinner and this is also this is this idea is that if you want to go out for dinner then we have to have done the work as parents to do, have trained our children how to mm. eat dinner and mm. I say how do you train a two-year-old to eat dinner and you can't to a certain mm. extent but if your child is going to melt down and, and scream and, and cry and, and cause a scene and the only way to get them to be quiet is to give them an, an iPad or a smart device then that's a big problem mm, <laughs> because yeah, yeah. yes of course they're going to be quiet because they're engaged now in mm. all of the, the lights the, the noises and so forth but as with anything with technology it's about balance so if they're not watching TV at home and they're not on this and they're out and they're running around and doing all of these things all of the time then actually when you think about it what's going to happen is that they, they, they get used to that but mm. if they're not on that all of the time and they are then utilising the iPad for 20 minutes so that mm. you can have dinner and so forth then that's not mm. a big deal because we're, we're showing and hopefully we're showing our children that there is a balance is that you mm. can't have it for four hours you can't be on it because that leads into this idea that at 10, 12, 14 years old they want an Xbox or a Playstation mm. and they're going to play on it for hours on end mm. so it's about developing the right habits mm. at that age and, and having that balance utilising it when you, you need mm. to as it were this word need is also very subjective because then we, I talk to some parents say well he won't eat unless he's watching an iPad and you think that well that would be a, a red flag mm, you know, yeah. like, but that, that means that you have to give him an iPad every time he eats yeah it's like, well do you not think that that's potentially creating a, 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 an issue now at the same time I'm, I'm also a dad and I understand that situation where you're at your wits end you're tired mm, your child is screaming yeah. its head off and you know there's a solution, mm. then you're going to give it to yeah, them. Yeah. But this is then saying, right, well, that's the exception and we have to do other things to be able to um, distract them. But what I see happening is that those other things to distract them, they're you know, giving them toys, giving them books and, and so forth, and that, that requires you as a mum and a dad mm. to be involved as well. And that's where we see this disconnect because actually if I just give them the iPad, now I can carry on mm. and have a conversation with somebody else I can go on my smart device mm. I can do what I want to do and I don't have to worry mm. about them and that's where I see there's a bit of an issue because okay if you don't want them on the iPad you have to give them an alternative mm. and that alternative is you're going to need some of your time probably you have to be able to give that time uh, or want to give that time and where I see this transition is that more and more parents and again it's, it's a very sweeping statement but this is what we see uh, every time we go into mm. schools and we, we talk to parents is that some of the the, the excuses, and that's what they are, they, they give to me, are just that. They're mm. excuses. They say, well, that's, that's a conscious decision that you're making not to spend that time doing that with your children. So the repercussions of that is that there is potential mm. for addiction, there is potential for um, them not doing things unless you give them the smart mm. device. And, and that's, it's a very, very delicate balance. Yeah. And, and again, I don't have the answer to it. And, mm. and I said, I've been in that situation where your child is absolutely melting down and you'll do whatever it takes to just mm. calm them down and quiet them down and, and get them feeling better and in some cases especially in this day and age 2019 the thing that does that mm. is the iPad yeah, um, yeah. so yeah it's, it's, a, it's a very difficult scenario yeah, yeah okay if we go a little bit older to school age uh, um, my um, nephew he's nine nine now and yeah. he I think he got his first phone just recently and at what age do you think they should get their yeah. own device? And, and this is a question I get asked a yeah. lot, you know, about parents and what, what, when should I give my child a, a phone? We see a lot of research now where that age group, do, do they need a smartphone? Mm. Probably not, you know, is the answer to that question. But they want a smartphone and, and they want that. And then 
it's up to a parent to decide. Now, in the UAE, we, we've got the youngest average age, which is actually nine. Mm. Most other countries, it's, it's a little bit older when a, a child gets their first phone or first smart device, as it were, their own personal one. Because again, we're seeing in a lot of schools at a younger age, they have this bring your own device where you've got seven, eight-year-olds mm. actually have to have an iPad because part of the curriculum yeah, and, yeah. and part of the learning is going to be on mm. this device. So when it comes to giving them their own, um, it's such a subjective question because you could put six, nine-year-olds in a room and they'll all be at different levels mm. of maturity, different levels of um, understanding. They'll have been brought up differently with different cultural beliefs, with mm. different religious beliefs. And all of these things come together to say, should it be nine or should it be 13? Well, mm. the same test, you could put six, seven, eight different 13-year-olds in a room and the levels of, of you yeah. know, I would not give that 13-year-old a smart device, but this 13-year-old seems to be exhibiting mm. those kind of things where maybe they would be responsible about it. So it's, And it's I an guess the kids are using the same trick that we used to, like, uh, the other kids are, you know, like when you were negotiating your weekly uh, allowance, yeah. oh, no, the other kids get a lot more or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And so yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah, definitely. Well, and then in, if one of the nine-year-olds has one, everyone is going to be after him and they're going to use that oh he has one and, you yeah. know, and this is what we see a lot that parents come in and say oh you know everybody in, in their year group has got one um, so should I give them one because mm. if everybody in the year group has got a smart device and my son or daughter doesn't now they're the odd one out they become a target mm. for bullying because yeah, yeah. they're the different one mm. but you rewind that a few steps and say but does everyone in the year group actually have one And sometimes when parents have started to talk to each other, they realize that they don't. Uh-huh. And they're just doing exactly what everybody's saying. Everyone's got one. And this is where I see a big problem because in, in many cases, parents are a bit disconnected from their child's life, mm. is that they believe them. Mm. And if they say that everyone else in the year group has got one, they don't research it or investigate it. They say, okay, well, I guess that's a valid argument. Maybe we should give them. We don't want them to be the odd one out. We don't want to effectively make them a target for bullying or anything else. So maybe we should give them. And and also there's a, a slight lack of understanding because parents in, in today's world say, what's the harm? Mm. You know, yeah. what, what, what could possibly go wrong? It's just a, a smartphone or it's just an iPad. He's just watching a video on a you know different um I, I, YouTube or whatever it is from that side of things so mm. again it becomes one of those scenarios which is very individual to each, mm. each person yeah it's difficult uh, difficult questions you know uh, teenagers mm. uh, so you have your phones and you're a teenager now what are the when you're out in the schools what are the challenges that you see from a teenager well, perspective from a teenager perspective it, it, it's I have said this a number of times but I think it's the hardest time to be a teenager And I think it's also the hardest time to be a parent of a mm. teenager because we're in this transitional phase of society where you and I didn't grow up with social media and, and smart devices, but we're at that age where we're potentially parents mm. or we're uncles and aunties. And and so we don't have any reference point of what they're going through. Mm. And if you think back to your teenage years and the, the physiological changes, the hormones, all that's going on. And now you put this added layer of, of social media and the uh, the pressure of, of, of looking good on Instagram and contributing on Snapchat and all of this stuff. You think that's a lot for a teenage brain to understand. And you can almost appreciate why we end up in these scenarios where teenagers now are getting themselves into deep trouble online mm. because... They still got that teenage brain, but they're they're now exposed to a wider audience. Whereas you and I were exposed to an audience that was local to our school, our community, our our class. 
now because they're online they're exposed to the entire world mm. and as we've talked about previously unfortunately there are people out there that will use this technology for bad mm. so the teenagers have now also had probably four five six years worth of practice because they got mm. a smart device at such a young age now they get to 12 13 years old and they've got that teenage brain is that now they're even cleverer mm. <laughs> in yeah. terms of the excuses that they are coming up with for why they need to be able to have an Xbox in their room, why they should be able to take their phone to bed with them, why they uh, need privacy from mum and dad, and all of these kind of things. But again, they're all surmountable obstacles if we sit down and look at this, but also that we have to have thought about this before they've got to their teenage years. I often, you know, I, I say this in a lot of my sessions, people, mums and dads ask me, how do I get my 15-year-old to talk to me? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the answer yeah. to that because yeah. they're being 15 and now they've got all of this stuff going on. And if they haven't thought that they can talk to you previously, mm. it's going to be very difficult to, to yeah. get them to talk to you. But what I do say is that one of the ways that we can try and have to keep trying as a parent is to find common ground. And when we see that a 15-year-old doesn't want to talk to you as a mum and dad, it's usually because there's nothing in common between mm. that 15-year-old and mum and dad mm. other than it's the son or daughter and that's the mum and dad but in terms of where they spend their time what they spend their time interests and so forth there's a complete disconnect mm. and the only way that we can talk to them is to start talking to them about stuff that they're interested in mm. uh, and that means that even if you have no interest in Fortnite or PUBG mm. or online gaming download mm. it mm. play it mm. look at it see what it is get a better understanding of what it is so that you can at least open a dialogue with your 15 year old and say, so I know you spend a lot of time on, on Fortnite or wherever you are. Um, what do you, you know, how, how are you approaching this or what level are you or have you got this loot box and how does this work? And, and it's amazing because they say, oh, what do you know about it? Mm. <laughs> uh, and, and, and they're great. If they ask you a question, guess what? That's mm. starting a conversation. Mm. You're starting to get, you know, a, 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 an open communication channel with your 15 year old, mm. which previously didn't exist because in their mind, there's nothing to talk mm. about with you. Why would, I, yeah, yeah. why would I talk to you? There's mm. nothing, you're mm. just going to tell me I'm doing it wrong, that mm. I shouldn't do this, and take it away potentially. And that's mm. also a very, very important point, is that teenagers today, their greatest fear is that you as mum or dad will take away their device. Mm. Even if they are being cyberbullied, if they are being extorted, if something negative is happening on that device... Their biggest fear of why they won't talk to you about it is because you're going to take away mm. the very thing that's causing them pain. And that psychologically mm. is, you know, I yeah. think that's insane, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> but that's how they work. Mm. That's how the teenagers now are working in terms of they are so dependent on this technology mm. because their life runs through it. All of their friends are on there. Everything that happens, organizing get-togethers, going to the mall, mm. parties, after-school activities, it all happens on WhatsApp. It all happens on a digital platform. So losing that means literally losing their life. And, yeah. and that's, what, that's what they fear the most. So from a parental perspective, it's about not using the removal of that as the punishment for, for what they're doing. And it, with Beat the Cyber World, it always comes back to um, education and awareness. Mm. That mum and dad today have a responsibility to increase their level of understanding so that they can talk to their children mm. about the world that mm. they're living in. Because... So it's, it's a lot of a lot of this is, comes back to being a good parent, like good parenting, you know. Like, it comes back to being a parent. Yeah, is really, really yeah. what it is, and this is what we say that a lot of uh, and, and the, all the technical stuff. But at the end of the day, it's you know 
being a good parent with the boundaries and, yeah. you know, and the, having the balance and, and but, exactly. but being present and this is where we see this the technology is making us as parents less present as in we can be sat together as a family and in this happens you know that I I'm working and therefore I've got my phone out my wife is working she's got her phone out and we're there with our mm. children who are playing with books and so forth but am I there mm, yeah, physically yeah. I'm there yeah. but I'm, I'll just do this quickly I'll mm. just quickly I'm not I'm not present and, and they see that of course mm, they see that yeah. and then especially at that age that the two year old and seven month then that's what they see and mm. that's what they learn so yeah. that's how it is And uh, so we need to practice digital discipline as adults because we, they look at us and then, yeah. they're sponges right yeah, yeah. they look at us and they say okay well if that's how it's done fine mm. then we wonder why when they get to a certain age they start doing those mm. things and And if they were putting it all together, they say, well, that's that's normal because that's what I see happening yeah. every day. Yeah. Daddy comes home, comes through the door. What's he got in his hand? His phone. Yeah, he yeah. puts it down for a minute and says hi and so forth. And then what happens? He picks it back yeah. up again. <laughs> and then if he doesn't, what does my two-year-old? Yeah. He goes and picks it yeah. up and brings it to yeah. me. because he. And, and again, these things in my mind are thinking, oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, I'm fully aware yeah. of this and I'm falling into the yeah. same trap. It's not easy. Like, for example, last week... I was uh, negotiating a deal for a team building. Mm. We were asked to do a team building for a company. Yeah. Uh, I spoke to her once on the phone. The rest of the conversation was moved to WhatsApp. Yep. And we did the whole negotiation over WhatsApp. Back and forth, sending prices, sending pictures. Uh, we never spoke again, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, of course, I mean, I don't have kids, but like you're doing your business and when you, the, the client expects a response. Exactly. So it's, it's tricky. Is, yeah, it is because this is the, WhatsApp has transitioned into a business tool. Yeah, and so and and then people say, is it really social media? Well, it's becoming that channel that it is because what do you do? You share, you do business negotiations, you share images, you share pictures, you share videos, and it could be a family WhatsApp group. At schools, you've got entire year groups of students on a WhatsApp mm. group. You've got specific classes on a WhatsApp group because the teacher shares homework through mm. that. Mm. So you've got this is it's, it's become such an intrinsic part of our life mm. that we can't not have it to yeah. a certain extent and mm. so then it comes back to this idea of okay well we need to balance this out but we also have to have very clear parameters of what we are using this for and that's that's something that we talk to parents about is having effectively a, an acceptable usage policy for home yeah. just like school yeah. does when you go to school a lot of schools have rules in place that you can't have a phone in some cases or the phone goes in your locker or during class time you can't have the phone and or there are all of these different things and then if you are asked to bring out your device in this in the classroom you're only allowed to use this this and this so that you can't be in the classroom watching mm. netflix kind of thing um and so this is this is also needs to be applied at mm. home Because yeah, and that's so uh, you can communicate this, uh, like have a have the clear policy, and yeah. like next time you go on vacation with your kids, do a briefing before. Like it, this is going to be the digital uh, policy for the trip. Exactly, know? and this like, is like four hours every day, and then that's it. And, yeah, you, <laughs> and, and then this technology that you can implement to enforce uh, that. So it's so uh, that you say uh, right, we're, we're on holiday. We understand that, but uh, we're going to be doing this, this, and this. So you get four hours a day. You're going to have an hour at this point here and here, or you have an unlimited four hour. But once that four hour limit is reached, so if you use it all by 6 a.m. in the morning, mm. there's no more screen time for yeah. you yeah. until the next day. And so it also it can be used for teaching. It's like, mm. right, well, you need to plan your usage. And that, it's just like when we were children, I wasn't allowed to watch TV for four or five mm. hours a night. Yeah, yeah. Myself and my sister would have to effectively negotiate about what we were going to watch. Mm. 
And then mum and dad had an input as well because there was only five channels. Mm. And then at a specific time, you sat down, you know, seven o'clock or 7.30, you watched your hour show and then you had to go and do something yeah, else. Yeah. And this is, this is what's happening now, that the same kind of principles need to be there, that you just can't be online all of the time. Mm. But that means there has to be an alternative. Yeah, and yeah. that's where we're falling down because what is that alternative? And again, then you take into the... the the physical location of where we are if you're here over the summer it's all very well for me to say put the screen down and go outside <laughs> you can't yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, 50 degrees yeah. outside you can't go outside <laughs> yeah. and play so what do you do and this is this is the reality that we're facing is that well if these are the parameters are in place then we have to come up with something else um, and, and that means then well do we go to a, a mall do we go to a soft play area but this costs money mm. and so forth so then it comes back to well actually the only option is home we can do a certain amount of stuff in there but then the TV mm. comes on for an hour mm. they watch a movie great mm. it's an hour worth of time that's done so but it does come back to this idea of balance mm. uh, and and the only way we can find that balance is by being aware of what the repercussions are for not having that balance mm. uh, and unfortunately there's too much evidence to show what can happen yeah. uh, and that I would hope is enough of a, a catalyst to get mm. mum and dad really you know, down this road of well what can I do how do I learn more about this and how do I make sure that my child is as safe as possible mm. from not just from predators but from also developing these patterns whereby they are going to be addicted to the screen mm. yeah, yeah, yeah I mean and the thing is uh, some people say that you can be positive or negative to, to all this but technology doesn't care. It's going to continue to develop and uh, at a rapid rapid yep. pace. So, yeah, these things that you're talking about are so important. Because it's not going to get less. It's going to get even more. No? Exactly. <laughs> and, and then the technology is going to change. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that if we're not really sure how it works right now, what happens when it all shifts into augmented reality, mm. virtual reality? We're talking with a friend just before this podcast of what he's doing with his business virtual and how reality. that's changing yeah. that industry. Well, I firmly believe that in five years' time, maybe even less, we're not going to be engaging with Snapchat or TikTok or Instagram mm. through a device like that. It's going to be a completely different mm. experience. And if we're having trouble dealing with now, what's going to happen when the yeah. technology shifts again and we effectively become another step behind as mum and dad mm. and our kids go flying yeah. forwards because they'll look at it and go wow this is cool they'll understand it they'll know yeah. how to use it but just as today they might not really understand the implications of them putting so much information yeah. out there about them all of these videos all of these images all of the comments that they put out yeah. there what happens with that information and that data yeah. and, and this is something I had a conversation with someone about yesterday is that I firmly believe as well that the most valuable asset today is data. Mm. And, mm. and what are all of these social channels doing? Well, every time that you contribute, it's more data. Yeah. More data. It's, the, it's the, gold, uh, the gold of the future. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, with AI coming as well, that, uh, oh, yeah. the, the ones that has the data is going to be a powerhouse. Definitely, because so. that AI is going to interpret that data yeah. so fast and then it's going to serve something up to you yeah. based on what you put yeah. in there. Yeah. And like you said, it doesn't care necessarily if you are an 8-year-old, an 18-year-old, yeah. a 28-year-old, or an 80-year-old. The data shows you are interested mm. in this, therefore I should show you mm. this. Yeah. So if an 8-year-old has been surfing and, and looking at inappropriate content and, and YouTube's been serving up this content and there's more data, then the technology without emotion is going to say, well, I guess they need more mm. of this. Yeah. And that's the big problem because now... You don't want your eight-year-old surfing and searching for certain inappropriate content in the first place. But if they do, the technology is going to say, hey, here's some more. Mm. Uh, and that is a big uh, problem yeah, in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I recently did uh, the homework with uh, my nephew mm. on the iPad. Uh, 
and it's pretty cool yeah. because you know he did like math uh, like a math test on on the iPad. It's like so there is a positive side to it as well. Yeah. Uh, and I love technology in the way I mean we both listen to your Rogan podcast for example or other podcasts yeah. to sharing sharing ideas. I think it's a wonderful tool and to bring the whole world together. Like now I was in Pakistan gave keynotes there so now I have a lot of friends on Facebook from Pakistan and it's a completely different world view than my Swedish friends and yeah. that opens up so there are positive, but it's all about the balance. You know? it, this is, and again, I get focused on the negative side because yeah. it's also to try and get people's attention. But then I always, within my sessions, I turn around and say, the technology, the internet and the technology is brilliant. Yeah. It's an amazing tool and it offers such an opportunity to that next generation yeah. to do incredible things, mm. you know, to change this world and, and impact this planet and, and live a life that they want to, to yeah. lead. But be a, be a YouTuber. Yeah, if they want, like, if, and you know, if if my son, if I had a son ten years ago, and he came to me and said, "I want to be a professional YouTuber," I would turn around and say, "What are you talking about? <laughs> no, you, you need a proper job." Uh-huh. But in 2019, you why could, not? yeah, exactly. if you've got something different or you've got a unique point of view, yeah, or you've yeah. got something, then then why not? And you don't yeah. want to stifle that. Yeah. But at the same time, there isn't enough room for every single 13-year-old to be a professional yeah, YouTuber. Yeah, yeah. So if everybody's coming and saying, I want to be a professional YouTuber, that's going to also increase the level of competition, which means that not everybody is going to be one. Yeah. And it's also really important for them to understand that the number of YouTubers out there who are earning six figures per year and living a comfortable life, compared to the actual population of people on yeah, YouTube, yeah. you're talking about yeah, a very, very yeah, elite yeah, percentage. Yeah. But those are the ones that get the coverage yeah. and those are the ones that our yeah. children look up to. And so they're, they're this, this idea of I want to be like yeah. that. But that's the same as us. Not everybody can be a race car driver. Not everyone yeah, can be an yeah, astronaut. Yeah, everyone like can be a Hollywood actor. Professional football player, you know, when we were a kid. Exactly. You know, people were dreaming to be exactly. the next. Uh, and so at one point, you know, if, if our child expresses an interest in football, then let's take them mm-hmm. there. If in going there and we talk and we see and we talk to the coach and the coach says, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. it's great that he's yeah. here and running around but, there really isn't any chance of this becoming yeah. something professional for them, yeah. then we have to have that really tough talk with them. We want to encourage them to play yeah. and, and maybe they just play it for fun. But if they come to us and say, I want to be a professional footballer, we have to say, look, there's, mm. I, I want you to think that you can do anything, but we've tried, we've seen some evidence to suggest that maybe that's not going to happen. And, mm. and again, is it better to sort of redirect them at that age or be that fully supportive parents say okay mm. and for the next 10 years we go to football practice every morning and every weekend and, that, and then 10 years down the line the coach says still yeah. same thing that I said 10 years ago yeah. and then what about the last 10 years of yeah. time that they've been doing this now if they've been enjoying it and that's what, what they're doing it for then fine but if they're doing this with the thought process that I'm going to become a professional footballer and play for Barcelona mm. or Liverpool or whoever is that fair? Mm. Because yeah. then again, yeah. it's, it's it's not helping them. Yeah, yeah but I, I I believe that um, you if you do that, you can follow your passion. Uh, you can still uh, be involved in in that in a business. Yeah. So, for example, if you want to be the next Slatan or Messi, which is one in a billion, you know, yeah. the odds are against you. But if you work really hard and you know you become really good, maybe you not don't don't become a professional football player, mm-hmm. but you can still work with football as a journalist or as writing a blog Absolutely. about football or something. Absolutely. And I think it's the same with YouTube. If you don't become a YouTuber, you can if you learn the tricks, 
you can work for corporate like that's I mean social media now like if you look at all the big companies they would have a young 26 year old that is cutting the movies you yeah, know yeah, or, you know definitely. yeah uh, this is what I mean is that there's, you want to encourage them to be but if you, and you've got some very very uh, focused eight nine ten eleven mm. year olds I've spoken to in schools and they say I want to be this and again you want to have that and, and support that but you also have to not be completely blind to the outside yeah, influence yeah. to say look there are people in those positions that are saying it's, it's probably not going to happen yeah. so we need to have that conversation but along that line say look maybe this is not the end goal but what about all these other yeah. things involved yeah. with football or fashion or whatever, whatever it is that you're interested that you yeah. might yeah. be interested in yeah. and that's where I think this laser like focus can sometimes be dangerous mm. um, yeah. but what the technology allows us to do is that we have now uh, easier access to a lot of these things mm. in terms of being able to see different opportunities or see uh, a potential trend coming up whereby that the, the experience that that young person has got and is working towards could help them open that door, mm. uh, whether it's in corporate or whether it's starting their own business or whatever yeah. from that side of things. But And that's where the technology is brilliant. Yeah, yeah, again, yeah. I, um, if you're passionate about something, you can... You can make something yeah, work from yeah. it. And that's, it's just in, in many cases, Which that's is, where a coach comes yeah. in, is directing that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I really believe in you know, like doing what, uh, what you love and you know yeah, what you're good at and... Uh, technology offers a lot of opportunities like mm. this, you know, easier than before, I, I would say. Um, last time we talked, uh, there was a lot of talk about uh, Snapchat, and now there's a lot of talk about TikTok. Yeah. So, for the parents that are not familiar, let's short brief about so TikTok. TikTok is um, is a, a social media channel that, uh, aside from parents, in 2020, every business is going to be looking at how to incorporate TikTok into their marketing mix for sure. Because it used to be called Musical.ly, it was taken over by a big uh, Chinese company and rebranded as TikTok, and it's simply a, an app where you can go on there and sing along to a, a song, do a little dance, and uh, push it out there to millions of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in, that's as simple as it is. But what it's doing is that people are putting themselves out there, not necessarily knowing who is on the other side of that mm-hmm. screen again. Um, and what you know, from a child protection perspective, there's a whole realm of, of things that need to be taken into consideration. That in its, in its, on its own, it's a there's no harm in it, mm. you know. But it's when your child starts to have followers that they don't know and starts to become more visible in that space. That's when those elements come in. Whereas some children are utilizing it with just people they know, and their parents are involved and in locking it down. And again, it's fun. Mm. Why not? But be aware of some of the implications of them then setting up a second TikTok account, which is completely open, and who can access mm. that? Um, because the power of this platform is why businesses are going to be looking at it, is that uh, Pepsi India just did a TikTok campaign, which got their brand something like 1.7 billion views, and their marketing spend, zero. Really? Yeah. And then Puma have also done it with uh, one of the uh, cricketers, uh, Kohli, is, is mm. part of their campaign with these guys. Again, marketing spend zero, viewers, billions of views for the brand mm. because it's such an active uh, community. Mm. So is, this is, and, and part of the worry is that a big proportion of the active community are children. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Children under the age of, say, 13, 14, 15, so that they are still developing as human beings, but they're exposed to the greater world, just like they were on Snapchat, just like they were mm. on Instagram. And so that's why it needs to be of, of interest and also for mum and dad to understand how it works how they can allow their children to use it safely mm. and also have those conversations about, look, if you decide to break the rules, which we all did as kids and mm. they will as well, these are some of the implications. Yeah. And they're still going to break the rules. <laughs> yeah. uh, but 
we also have to make it very real to them that some of the implications of them yeah. breaking the rules, it's not just that they're going to be on the naughty yeah. step, it's that there's real yeah. implications for that in terms of what could happen. I guess uh, when I was a kid, I sneaked out from my window and did naughty stuff <laughs> around yeah. my neighborhood. And I guess the kids today that are naughty, they sneak in their phone with yeah. <laughs> and yeah. talk with their friends on there. Oh, definitely. And, yeah. But this is also the you know the idea that it's not only the kids; it's mum and dad. Mm. I've been in schools where they've gone on school trips, and the school policy. And some of the school trips are amazing. The school policy: no phones. Mm. And the parents. Parents are giving their children three devices to hide. So that they have at least one whilst they're on this school trip. So you can see that it's not always the children that are at fault. It's, yeah. it's sometimes mum and dad. So this is where we have to be very aware of that. And that's why it's, uh, what you're doing is so important. And also just showing that in two years' time, we went from Snapchat to TikTok. Like, it keeps changing. It keeps oh, yeah. evolving. So we need to stay up to date with these kind of things. This, so, is, the, this is the biggest yeah. thing. Is that it's yeah. Because it's changing so fast, it has to be a constant yeah. thing that yeah. we're looking yeah. at. Because once TikTok yeah. is there, what's next? So, so your initiative, be to cyberbully, you can do for the rest of your life because it would. <laughs> you could, yeah, effectively, yeah. yeah. And, and in a way, I do. I kind of want that to be the case because yeah. I'm interested in the technology yeah. and I'm interested in in how this is working. But I'm also very aware because of what I do of, of the impacts of that mm. technology. So, yeah. part of me, even before I had children, this was I felt this was very important. Now that I have children, it's even more yeah. real to me that. There are real dangers yeah. out there, and if if we as mum and dad are, are so far behind or disengaged from this, there's going to be real problems yeah. for our children. So, so yeah, we talked a lot about the challenges, and if we finish off with uh, some resources, and but first, like three advice that would you would give to your parents to deal with these challenges? What what like top three things would you? Well, say? the first thing is increase your own level of understanding and awareness. This has to be the first thing because yeah. without that you can't have these conversations with your children. The second thing is once you have that is to open communication channels with your children. Mm. Find a way to talk to them from the youngest mm. age. You know, People are saying, well, how young should I start? As young as they can understand. Mm. Mm. And the third thing is think about your own actions. Mm. Your children are sponges. Mm. They look at you, they copy you, they mimic you, and everything that you do becomes a part of who and what they do. So be very conscious about what you are doing with technology Mm. because, again, if you are on your phone all day, it's not really that fair for you to turn around and tell your 13 year old get off your phone because well, well, you're, you're doing it, you do yeah, it. Yeah. and again it's not you can say well I'm the parent you're, I'm an adult yeah. you're a child that's not a valid yeah. argument today that we also have to um, you know walk the walk yeah, talk the yeah, talk yeah. so looking at your own behaviour yeah. is, is the biggest thing that you can do yeah. Oh, I feel bad now, like thinking back to the last time I met my nephews. The thing is, I, I travel quite a lot in, in business and I was in Sweden and uh, I have a sometimes a WhatsApp relationship with my wife mm. because I, like she's here and I'm there and then we keep in contact with WhatsApp. Yeah. So I was playing with my nephew's kids and I was like, at the same time, like having a discussion with my wife, I guess I should just separate. Like, now I'm playing with the kids, I get back to you in one hour. Exactly. If it, where that's possible, I think, and this is advice I was asked by a 13-year-old when I presented at the Middle East Youth Expo last year, uh, was what, would you, what advice would you give to my generation? And mm. my advice is be present. Mm. When you go to anything, if you go to a concert, if you go to a party, if you go anywhere, 
don't be so worried about getting your phone and capturing it just be there mm. listen to that artist be with your friends do the the meal and and, and enjoy it don't yeah. worry so much about getting yeah. your instagram or snapchat about it because then you're so focused on that you're missing yeah, the whole yeah, point of being yeah. there and it, i think it's really sad now you see these drone shots of, of concerts now yeah. and all you see is people holding yeah, up yeah, yeah. Like, just watch it <laughs> yeah. wherever you are be there yeah be present <laughs> yeah. just be present yeah so uh last time you mentioned a website where they could find more information I know you also have your app but yeah. it was, and there was another website I think in the US that had a lot of content so Common Sense Media Common Sense is Media. a really good resource out dot com or, or uh, dot org yeah. Common Sense so Media Common Sense Media dot org um, then in do the you want to talk about the app or is it yeah. you're still uh, well, I'll mention it but then mm. we can maybe talk about uh, yeah. the US Common Sense Media is a great resource the NSPCC out of the UK is also a very good resource We've got Beat the Cyberbully here in the UAE and we try to push a, a lot of content. We've been quite quiet recently because we've been developing the app. Mm. So the app is, is going to be Beat the Cyberbully powered by CoBabble, uh, which is a technology that's going to allow us to deliver a lot of the content that we have to your smart device. So point one of what a parent should do, increase their level of education and awareness. That's exactly what mm. Beat the Cyberbully by Co powered by CoBabble is for, to feed you this information into mm. your smart device so that once the kids have gone to bed and you're, they're not watching you on your device, exactly. That's you what I was start about to say. That. Don't do it in front of your kids. Yeah, or do it at the allotted time that they've got. To yeah, yeah, as well, so yeah, that People, yeah. that you, they start to see this, yeah. and, and it will deliver you the latest. Uh, what's the latest app? What the icon is? What you need to be aware of? What the positives are? Yeah. What the negatives are? But in a short video in English with Arabic subtitles so that it's focused on this part of the world so that you can stay up to date as much as possible with what's going on and understand. Yeah. And you will up update also with the new content if something new is happening, like the, uh, TikTok yeah. or whatever. Content yeah. will be pretty much uploaded into the uh, the, the app uh, weekly. Oh, okay. uh, you'll be notified through the app on your phone and you'll also be notified through email that there's new content in there. You can pop in there, okay. digest the video. So in the, in the case of the latest app, at least you recognize the icon so that mm. I can explain what the icon is. You can look at your child's device and see that the icon is there. Then maybe we need to have a chat with our yeah. child about what they're using it for. And you're in the final stage of the development, so launch will be 2020? Or? Yeah, so we're going into soft launch now. Uh, we've got a few schools that we're talking mm. with. We're looking at an official launch, and I'm going to make this real now. Mm. Inevitable thinking, our official launch yes. will be the 1st of February. Uh, we're speaking at the third annual digital summit for Jumeirah yeah. English speaking school and that will be the full launch for Beat yeah. the Bully as, uh, as the strategic tech coaching I will help you, hold you accountable for that 1st of February I look forward to download the app I look forward to you holding me accountable <laughs> thanks for having me on thank you so much Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Swanglinese with your hosts, Barry Lee Cummings and Oscar Endermo. We'll catch you next time.